This is Jamie Andelin, and you're listening to my podcast, Your Turned On Desire. Hey friend, before we start, if you would like to continue to hear more free content about sex and intimacy, then please leave a positive review for this podcast. I promise no matter what, you'll keep getting this content for free, but it encourages me to keep going and creating better and better content when I hear from you. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being here. Hello, hello, welcome. I am Jamie Andelin, and I actually am getting over COVID, and so my voice might sound a little different or I might sound stuffy. I don't know. Maybe you can't notice a difference. Of course, I feel it because I'm in my body, so just wanted to bring that to your attention today while I record this um, podcast episode. I want to say that my mission in life is to help as many women and couples as I can be at peace in their sex lives and when they're ready to enjoy their sex lives together. Yes, being at peace in your sex life is different than fully enjoying it and looking forward to it, but I feel like the first thing we have to get to is like being at peace and then everyone takes that next journey in their own way how much they want to enjoy it and how much they want to actually explore sexuality is different for everyone. So that's like, I love to help everybody in any of those stages. I overcame my own sex struggles and then I share how I did that in this podcast. I also help many women overcome their own sex struggles in my own private coaching program. And then I have an online school and an online program where a group of women meet together and we overcome sex struggles in there. In today's episode, we're going to be navigating sex after 50 years of age, but it's important that everyone listens because everyone is going to be going through this stage of life someday, and you'll want to be aware. And also, I'm saying sex after 50, but if you're experiencing the same situations as what I'm talking about today, you could be 25 years old and going through these same struggles then you'll come away from this episode with a lot of things you can apply to your life too and improve on not just in your own life and health, but the aliveness and health of your sex life too. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what I've learned about sex during perimenopause and then postmenopause. And for a lot of people, this happens after age 50, but some people hit menopause before 50. I've had clients between the ages of 19 and 75, and because I've helped many women who are going through the changes that happen after 40 years old, I wanted to share what has worked for many people. That's what we're going to do in this episode today. I separated this podcast episode into different segments. We've got segment one is going to be like the changing landscape in which we're going to discuss the physical and emotional changes that can occur as you age and as couples age together. And then we're going to talk about some of the challenges faced um, by these couples who are, you know, getting past their 40s and 50s and beyond. And when it comes to sex and intimacy, we're going to talk about some of those and what to do about it. And then in the next segment, we're going to talk about communication and connection. So we're going to talk about the importance of open and honest communication between partners, We're going to share tips on how to maintain emotional intimacy and connection, and we're going to discuss the significance of non-sexual and physical affection and touch and how important this is to 
a magnificent sex life after 50. Then we're going to move on to another segment where I'm going to discuss the physical health and wellness. We're going to highlight the role of physical health in maintaining a satisfying sex life. We're going to discuss the benefits of different health practices and how this comes into play. The next segment, we're going to talk about rediscovering passion. So I'm going to offer some ideas for spicing things up in the bedroom, including trying new things and exploring what fantasies are. We're going to talk about the importance of being adventurous and open-minded, and we're going to discuss the benefits of intimacy beyond intercourse. Then in the next segment, we're going to talk about seeking professional help and normalizing the idea of seeking professional guidance, and we'll navigate different areas of that. And then we will close with um, some resources that I'm offering you to help support you um, in this place, and then we'll close the episode. So let's go ahead and begin with this segment one, the changing landscape. I would like to start with discussing really quickly and explaining really quickly and simply what perimenopause and menopause are. This is important for men and women to understand because if you are a man married to a woman and you want a great sex life with her understanding the changes she's going through is really important and how you're going to respond to her, um, how you're going to create the environment in which a great sex life can happen. And if you're a woman, it's really wonderful to understand what your gut, what changes you're going through because then you know how to care for yourself better and the result of loving yourself and caring for yourself is going to be great intimacy with yourself and then also with your spouse. So the results are going to be a better intimate life because you understand yourself. So perimenopause is the five to 10 years before menopause when your sex hormones are starting to drop. So your brain is changing and you're experiencing a lot of changes in every system of your body. We will talk about the symptoms soon in this episode. But I also want to mention that if you have had a hysterectomy or a partial hysterectomy, then you could experience perimenopausal symptoms as well because the removal of these organs causes a decline in your sex hormones. In fact, when your ovaries are removed, this is often called surgical menopause. So we need to know the risks in having these kinds of surgeries and what you're going to be going through, but also your body will naturally go through perimenopause five to 10 years before menopause actually happens. Menopause is actually the day that you've gone a full year without your bleed. So, and then after that, it's called postmenopause. So menopause is actually only a day. And the five to 10 years leading up to that is perimenopause. And then every day after that day that you've gone a full year without a bleed is menopause. So when our sex lives are suffering, no matter the stage of life, there are a lot of things going on under the surface. And there's a whole generation who wasn't taught to pay attention to these things. Okay, so there's a a lot of us do not fully understand perimenopause and menopause. And I'm not saying I fully understand it, but I have helped a lot of people going through this stage and I myself am in perimenopause. And so I've done a lot of research. I've learned a lot of things. I've tried a lot of things. My clients have tried a lot of things. And in this episode, I'm 
telling you what I've learned and what has worked and what hasn't. And because I'm going to be talking about hormones a lot in this episode, I do want to mention that there's a whole generation right now who were taught that taking hormones were bad and would cause cancer, etc. And so there are women in perimenopause and postmenopause who aren't on any kind of hormone support and their doctors are not helping them in this area because there's just very little research that is um, happening in the medical field when it comes to women in this stage of life. And because they're not able to get the support they want, this causes a lot of suffering physically and emotionally. And a lot of women even feel very isolated because they don't know what to do about the symptoms that they're experiencing. Menopause currently gets less than 1% of medical funding. So we are still lacking a lot of information and help at this time in our lives. It's really unfair. Women, you really do have to fight for your health during this time of your life. And I will definitely give you resources and things that you can turn to so you can learn. Um, But yeah, just know that it's unfair and you're going to have to fight and be very in charge of your health at this time. So some symptoms that you'll be experiencing during perimenopause that you may not have noticed were connected to your hormones declining um, are itchy skin. You can have really itchy ears, itchy skin, itchy scalp, itchy vulvas, itchy anus, itchy perineum, itchy legs, itchy everything. Okay. Terrible sleep. So either waking early and you can't go back to sleep, like not able to stay asleep or having a hard time falling asleep. A lot of women are dealing with sleep debt and only functioning at like 50% of their potential energy on a daily basis. Another symptom is weight gain. Another symptom is dental health and bone health. This all declines due to the dropping estrogen. Remember, our sex hormones determine the health of every system in our body. So When these hormones decline, so does the health of our systems. Another very common symptom is anxiety increases. This is due to the drop of progesterone. So it can oftentimes feel like you're carrying this feeling of impending doom with you every day. Also, brain fog is a really big symptom of perimenopause and menopause. These symptoms and more can definitely play a part in your interest in sex being low. It's just more obstacles that can get in the way of desire, interest, and arousal. I'm a firm believer in taking bioidentical hormones. And so I wanted to mention what has been really effective for women who are going through perimenopause and menopause so that you could take this information to your doctor's and get the help and support you need. I have talked to many women who say that when they finally decide to take some hormones in their life, to add those hormones in their life, like things really do improve. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the pellet hormones that are around because they haven't been around long enough for us to see the negative or positive impacts in the long term. And so I don't really talk about those very often. I'm not a huge fan of synthetic hormones, which are what are in birth control. And so I'm not going to be talking about those because I don't like 
the results that those synthetic hormones cause. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be on them. I'm just saying when it comes to the health of the overall health of our bodies, I have seen more negative impacts from synthetic hormones um, than I have from the bioidentical ones. So that's where we're going to be sticking. So estrogen starts to decline and a good source of estrogen is called estradiol. And it's a patch you put on your skin and you change every three to four days. So oral estrogen isn't, we don't see the best impact of this taking estrogen orally because anything you take orally has to go through your liver and um, it just, everything has to pass through the liver. And so when estrogen has to pass through the liver, we don't really see as much of the positive benefits from it, but the patch has been found to be very beneficial. So putting that patch on your skin, it kind of gets absorbed into your bloodstream and you can feel and experience a lot of the positive impacts of that. Also an estrogen cream that is put in your vagina will help with limiting pain that you might be experiencing down there. And it also increases pleasure and can also increase the strength of your vaginal floor because those sex hormones, you know, when you're young are really beneficial to the strength of your pelvic floor and your ability to feel pleasure. So if you are experiencing symptoms in your pelvic floor where you're not, you don't feel like you have a lot of strength down there, you're having urinary issues, um, you are not experiencing pleasure, you have low desire and arousal is hard, an estrogen cream that you can apply down there is helpful. The estrogen patch is going to help with things like, you know, brain fog and, um, all the other like bone health and, you know, and stuff like that. Of course it increases your sexual desire, but that's not the main job because I really want to emphasize that estrogen impacts every system in our body. So that's, you know, your digestive system, your stress response system, your ability to sleep, like these sex hormones impact every system of your body. So helping yourself and supporting yourself with these hormones isn't just so, oh, I need to have better sex or I need to strengthen my sex life, but it actually is giving you the support you need in every system of your body. And then when those systems are cared for, it becomes a lot easier to work on your sex life. Okay, so the next hormone I want to talk about is progesterone. Taking an oral micronized progesterone called prometriol that is taken at night helps with anxiety and sleep. So if you have a uterus then, and you're over 40, some kind of progesterone would be beneficial. And I like the prometriol. If you do not have a uterus, like, and you're not noticing anxiety or sleep issues, then you may not need um, prometriol or progesterone. But if you if you don't have a uterus and you are having sleep and anxiety struggles, then get some progesterone in the fr- form of prometriol. Testosterone. So if you're experiencing no libido or low libido and you'll notice that you're losing muscle, then 
you'll want some testosterone. Women need about a tenth of what a man needs. And and in order to get the amount that you need, this usually comes in a compounded version that is a cream. And you can put that, this on every day on your body. I have not noticed a difference with the progesterone cream, progesterone cream when it comes to like anxiety and sleep. But I have noticed that the itchy skin can calm down if you have rashes that are caused by low progesterone. The progesterone cream can help with that, like topical things, but the oral progesterone helps with the anxiety and the sleep. And then the testosterone cream seems to help with low libido and also um, the retention of muscle. Some people try to prescribe oral contraceptives, so birth control for the management of hormone issues. But I've said this earlier, this is a synthetic form of hormones and it will cause more issues. So get the bioidentical hormones. Bioidentical hormones keep your brain strong, keep your bones strong, keep your genitals strong, keep your urinary system strong. Okay, and yes, of course, you're going to notice a difference with your desire and your libido. Find a functional health doctor who will prescribe bioidentical or body identical hormones. If you're not dealing with your hormones, you are going to keep hitting a dead end street when it comes to enjoying your sex life. And your overall health from 40 through postmenopause will, you'll just keep hitting dead end streets in this area of your life. When you finally address and deal with your hormones, everything else is going to feel a lot easier. Someone I recommend that you follow is Dr. Mary Claire on Instagram. I will link her website and also her Instagram account in the details of this podcast episode. So you can go check her out. She is very well trained in helping menopausal women and she can offer you a lot of resources and lifestyle changes that you can use to support your health during this time of your life. If you are a husband listening and your concerns are about your wife, you're noticing the changes she's going through, you're noticing the shifts that are happening in your relationship, going to check out this lady's account will be really helpful so that you can educate yourself on your partner, which is super supportive and super helpful. I do want to add that not every woman wants to be sexual. She may choose to not be sexual this time of her life, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But I am in support of women who want to be sexual during this time in her life and have her reasons for that. And all of the information I'm sharing will eventually be so that her... So she's functioning at her best, right? And then she can choose to connect on a deeper level, sexually, with her partner. That is why I'm sharing all this, because this is a podcast about turning on our desires, right? So I'm going to be leading everything back to how to strengthen your sex life. Let's move on to the next segment. And one of the reasons I am recording this podcast to begin with is I do get a lot of husbands who email me, send me messages, and ask, you know, how can I strengthen the intimacy in my marriage with my wife who is, you know, older, she's older than 50. And, you know, things have definitely dipped in the sex department and, and it's a struggle, 
you know, and I do want to say that if you are a husband, I want you to try putting yourself in your wife's shoes. Intercourse can feel terrifying at this stage of her of her life because many women are being are like bracing for impact. They're being penetrated and they don't always want to be. And if they are experiencing any pain and loss of muscle mass in their pelvic floor, then penetration and intercourse can really be slightly traumatic. And not just emotionally, but also like physically. So they find themselves like tightening up because they're like, oh, I don't really want the penetration because it's uncomfortable, but let's do this brace for impact. You know, for husbands, it's beautiful that you possibly miss your wife. Like you miss touching and you miss sex. You miss connecting physically. You miss attention in this part of your life. But you're going to want to focus on affection and connection over penetration. I have a free sexual success course that you can find online. It's free for husbands and it includes info on things that you can do sexually that include both your penis and her vulva that aren't deep penetration. So consider for yourself that her body is changing, okay? Her brain is changing. Her hormones are changing. She may be experiencing anxiety and depression symptoms And she's feeling strange in her own body. Many women are thinking they don't feel sexy at this time in their lives. And the fact that their husbands do desire sex, they can't even understand why because they don't feel sexy themselves. So there can be a lot of confusion. This can be a difficult time because the husband can feel rejected and confused. The wife feels less than sexy and low motivation, tired, anxious, isolated. No wonder good sex can feel so far away in this environment. This is... This time is a very good time if you haven't already made the shift to start having real intimacy, not sexual intimacy, but emotional intimacy and have a conversation about what's really going on. So husbands, I have my, I will link my free sexual success course for husbands in the details of this podcast episode, but I want you to think about this as a if you haven't already started focusing on emotional intimacy and how important that is, this is a great time to start making that shift and to start strengthening your abilities to be emotionally intimate with another person. The conversation you might have with her might be like, I miss you. I don't want to pressure or rush anything, but I miss feeling your body. I miss feeling desired. I miss having fun physically and sexually, and I want to connect what would you feel good about doing with me? I might ask a question like that. You might ask, how could we connect in a way that you feel good about? In ways that you are comfortable being physical with me? Like, what could we do sexually that you wouldn't feel pain or discomfort doing? So be really open and curious about each other. Intimacy is sharing with each other and not getting defensive, but being open to learning about the other person. And I want you to understand that anything that works for her is okay. But can you make her believe this? Can you send her the message that anything she wants to do in the bedroom is okay? Maybe she just wants to lay naked in bed, but she doesn't want penetration. Can you make her feel like she is safe to tell you this and she's safe to desire what she desires 
and that it's good and okay, even if it doesn't seem sexual in nature when she opens up to you to tell you what she feels like doing and how she feels like connecting and how she feels like being physical and sexual, can you send her the message that all her desires are okay and good? Your intentions to connect with her like this could in fact make her very horny, okay? Wanting to make love to her brain and her emotions and to be able to connect with her in a real intimate way, this could really turn her on. And maybe not today, but as the evidence adds up that she is really loved and the way that she wants to connect and the way that she feels good about connecting is okay and that it's good, the more she will desire to cultivate sexual desire and sexual connection and arousal. Okay, the more interested she will become in the sexual part of herself when she really feels like she is safe, she is heard, she is listened to, she's cared about, and that the what she finds good sounds good to you too. Like if if you're able to send that message to her, And of course, if you're a woman, can you really believe your husband, you know, when he's creating this evidence for you, the more attention that will, she will feel good about putting on the sexual part of her life. So that's what I wanted to mention in this, in this segment of the episode is how important it is to maintain emotional intimacy and connection. And I wanted to discuss the significance of non-sexual physical affection and touch because it's this, this, the importance of open and honest communication between the two of you and both of your ability to maintain an emotional intimacy and connection and the significance of this like non-sexual physical attention and touch is really going to create the environment where whoever is experiencing the lower desire and the lower interest in sex is going to be a lot more open to inviting sexual pleasure and attention into their life. So that that's why I wanted to discuss the importance of, you know, non-sexual connection and open, honest communication. And when I gave you this idea of how to connect, you know, saying things like, I really miss you. I, what would you feel good about doing? This is so, so important because you're not saying you know, I really want to have more sex with you. Okay. You're, you're being really honest in what you really want, because, you know, what we really, really want is what we think the sex is going to give us. And so when you're being really honest about this with yourself first, and you're saying, well, what do I think sex is going to give me? Well, it's going to help me feel desired. Maybe I'm, I'm going to feel like my wife really desires me in a sexual way that's what you can express to her. Like, I miss feeling desired, right? So we're not putting so much pressure on sex to be the thing that's going to give us what we want, but we're saying, I want to feel desired by you. Like, is there something physical that we could do together that you feel good about doing? And this kind of opens up a more honest communication. So this, this part is super, super important to understand and to work on. And I, um, I cannot express enough that if the emotional intimacy, if the communication is not good, the sexual 
relationship is definitely going to suffer. That's just a given. And at this time in our lives is when it really starts to show like how how connected are we really? How honest are we really with each other? Are we really honest with ourselves or you know, are we lying to ourselves? Are we um hiding things from each other? Are we hesitant to share things with each other? So the emotional intimacy the level of emotional intimacy that you are experiencing with your partner is really going to reveal itself in this part of the relationship. Okay, so segment three, what I want to focus on is the physical health and wellness of each individual. I wanted to highlight the role of physical health in maintaining a satisfying sex life. If you are a male and you are not lifting weights every day, you are going to be struggling with your health. You need weightlifting to increase your testosterone, to increase your stamina so that you can be sexual for longer periods of time. And you'll see why you're going to really need that later on in this episode. You are going to need your physical health more than you ever have at this point in your life if you want to make your sex life really good. So there really is no denying that the the older we get, you know, that the healthier we need to be. If we have not dealt with our health, this is the time of your life where it starts to deal with you. So we are what we eat. The older we get, the more obvious this is. And as a woman, you know, who is 35 years old and older, she really needs to be getting at least 100 grams of protein a day. More is better. But women start losing muscle and they start losing testosterone and they need their protein to keep these things up. Weightlifting is super, super important for a woman who is 35 years old and older. She needs, she's going to be losing muscle and that includes the muscles in her pelvic floor. And so she needs to be breathing properly. She needs to be lifting weights. She needs to be eating enough protein to maintain the, all the systems in her body that needs support. She won't be sleeping well if she's not lifting weights and and getting enough protein and her testosterone is dropping, you know, and her estrogen is dropping, her progesterone is dropping. She, you know, she's going to have more anxiety in her life. Her stress response system isn't going to be able to function well if she's not eating properly and, and getting the right amount of exercise. So this time in our life, it, it, it is important that we are doing adequate um, weight-bearing exercise three to five times a week for women. And if you haven't already be- begun that, it's it's a great time to start. You will start noticing the benefits within six months or so. Um, but it's something you have to keep up with for your overall health, which then will leak over into your sex life I I have found and learned in my own life that my the the health of my sexual organs, the ability for me to be able to experience sexual pleasure and the amount of desire I feel is very much connected to the health of my body. And because sexual I mean sex isn't necessary, right? Sex is like an extra. It's a delight in life. Sex is necessary to keep the human race going. We have to reproduce. But a, a good sexual relationship um, isn't necessary for an individual to survive. And so a lot of times the 
you know, if we're struggling in our own health, this, the sexual desire and arousal is going to go down. So it kind of teaches us what's going on inside our body. There's things going on deep underneath the surface when our desires are down, when our arousal is down and we're not producing lubricant or we're, we're not interested in sex. You know, this can be very connected to what's going on deep under the surface. And so we can support our bodies and we can support our mental and emotional health by eating healthier, getting the protein we need in a day, getting enough fiber that we need in a day, which is going to come from fruits and vegetables. I highly recommend around 35 grams of fiber a day and making sure we are increasing our muscle mass and and giving our body the movement that it needs. So that's really important to address. And I had to give that some attention before we moved on to the next part of this podcast episode. This next section, which is segment four, we're going to be talking about like the emotional and mental aspect of our sex lives. Okay. We're going to talk about rediscovering passion. I want to offer some ideas for spicing things up in the bedroom. I want to talk about the importance of being adventurous and open-minded and how our brains come into play when it comes to our sex lives. I want to discuss the benefits of intimacy beyond intercourse as well so that you all can understand how to strengthen your sex life at this time in your life as the next part of your life, which does not mean that, you know, everything has to die at this time because you're 50 and older. Your sex life can actually be the best it's ever been. Um, at this point, especially if you're going to bring in that emotional intimacy. So I'm going to start with saying there is no problem in saying no to sex. Saying yes is only a real yes to sex if yes is not an obligation. You know, if no is an option, a very valid option, yes becomes very powerful. So When a woman believes that she has to have sex in order to keep her husband happy, her yes is not very powerful in that sense. But when she believes that she can show up in her sex life in whatever way she feels comfortable and what gives her the most freedom and the most playfulness and she can explore her sexuality without needing to answer to her husband about her, you know, her sexuality being something for him. This is when her yeses to sex become very powerful because she feels a lot of freedom in her sex life. When she knows that she can say no to anything sexual, this is when she can really think for herself about saying yes to what she wants to say yes to. And this is when the husband really can start to feel that she is saying a powerful yes to sex. She's choosing for herself. She's really choosing him in that moment to be sexual with him. And the amount of times they are sexual becomes less of a concern because what he's getting is what he's really been wanting, which is to be chosen, to be desired, to to have fun, to be playful. And, and she's able to choose these things. And so he's getting the evidence that these things are really happening. And so It's really, really important that we both understand that saying no to anything and the amount of times and anything sexual has to be completely valid. We have to be safe to do this. We cannot give our spouse any reason to think that saying no is not okay 
And this is what will finally give us this saying yes, being very powerful. So during this time of our lives and all times of our lives, really, we really love being desired and, and we love desiring others too, but we don't always do the work to desire another person, but we do enjoy being desirable. Um, we don't always do the work to be desirable either. We just want to be desired and we want to, we want others to desire us, but we may not always ask ourselves, you know, am I behaving in desirable ways? Am I treating my body in desirable ways? Am I being desirable? You know, so doing the work to really be a desirable person is really important to to believe that you are desirable. I'm not saying perfect, but instead of always asking and wanting and requesting that our spouse desire us, it's important to do the work to believe that you are desirable and and you're behaving in ways that are desirable. So I do want to say that that is important. If you are a woman and you are feeling insecure in your body, you know, do the work to feel secure in your body. Make the changes that you need to make so that you can feel good about yourself and also think about yourself in a lot better, more uplifting, positive ways because this is going it's really hard to believe that somebody else desires you when you don't really desire yourself and you don't see why they desire you. So do the work to really love your body and and to love yourself. It's a mixture of treating yourself better, you know, so that you you really do look in the mirror and think, okay, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I like this about me. And also a mixture of thinking more positively about yourself, being a friend to yourself and your body. This is going to help a lot. So when we are struggling during perimenopause and menopause with our sex lives, we need our connection to be intimacy focused, not sex focused, not orgasm focused. Now, when I say this, a lot of people get confused because they think if they don't focus on sex and orgasm, that it won't happen. But what happens is when we release the pressure of intercourse, penetration, sex, and orgasm being the focus of our sex lives, this creates the environment where people actually do want to focus on these things. So that's, that's one thing to take into account. The other thing is, you know, especially the female orgasm, her orgasm isn't going to be like, you know, starting at a one and then 10 is the full pleasure. And she's just going to go up to like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, and then have an orgasm and then it be done. She may not be able to fully climax during a lot of sexual activities. And so this is when pleasure has to be the focus because we may not always experience the sexual experience that we had previously decided should happen and we can be really disappointed often in our sex lives if we're having in our head what we think should happen and then it doesn't align you know then what what, what actually happens doesn't actually happen we're all, we feel let down we feel disappointed we think things are going wrong but if we can let all those previous ideas and expectations go we can start focusing on feeling good feeling comfortable finding pleasure, this becomes the focus. And then whatever happens in the bedroom is good. 
And that that's what we want to be focused on. During this time of our lives, we need to not necessarily focus on intercourse, but we need to focus on sex her way. What is it that she wants sexually? This is going to take some investment on the woman's part because she's going to have to start thinking about like, what does she want, you know, sexually? And, and then sex her way means that more sex is going to happen because she's going to be interested in it. This is a good time in our relationships to take intercourse off the table, but then also expand your definition of sex. Really think outside of intercourse and penetration and think, well, what else could we define as sex? You know, and our biggest sex organ is our brain uh, for women and for men too. But women, a lot of times, don't bring their brain along with them when it comes to the bedroom. And I'm not talking about like being in your head and thinking about your list of things to do and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not talking about that, but like your brain is in charge of your arousal, your brain is in charge of, um, thinking about things that will turn on your desire and and make you feel aroused. And so thinking about sex in more positive ways and thinking about sex in ways that makes you feel interested in it is going to turn on your desire more often. And you're going to have to learn how to, you know, bring your brain along and really activate it and think about his body, your body, um, and sexual things that make you feel interested in sex. Sexual feelings don't just happen or come naturally. So no matter what our age is, we have to learn how to cultivate desire and learn how to have interesting sex, interesting to us. See, women get bored with intercourse. They lose their desire for sex when the sex isn't interesting enough for her. So think about this, you know, a low desire can also mean low interest, meaning it's not interesting enough for her. So learning how to make sex more interesting for her needs to be the focus. If she's the one who is struggling with low desire, then she's the one who needs to be catered to in the relationship. She's the one that will need to pay attention and the husband too. Like what can we do that you feel more interested in and put the attention on this? Um, and sometimes women feel bad for feeling this way, like to admitting that like the sex they're having isn't interesting enough for them to want it. And so they will avoid telling their partners that they are bored, you know, that they just are bored. And this isn't to blame anyone. A lot of people go through this. I have a lot of compassion because, you know, it's hard for a husband sometimes who is having intercourse or penetration and feeling like so amazing. It's hard for him to, to, really understand that the wife isn't feeling those feelings, that she's not feeling good, like she's not feeling amazing because he's feeling so good. 
you know? So he can't always understand why she doesn't want to keep having sex because he's like, but it just feels good. Why wouldn't you want to do something that feels good, right? But what needs to be understood is she's probably not feeling as good as the husband is, the man is. Sex isn't as interesting to her as it is to him. And that's why it's time to switch things up and to start bringing in things that can make it more interesting. You might need to start introducing toys if we haven't already. We need some vibrators. Um, you might need to start introducing like fantasies, you know, and, um, making sex a lot more playful and not serious. Sex may need to be something that is a place where she gets to be pleasured and doesn't have to feel like she's doing anything back in return. She's allowed to be selfish. She's allowed to be lazy. You know, those sorts of things might be the aspects that need to be brought into the bedroom to just feel a lot more interested in sex and and making it feel better. Um, in my program, I have curriculum on making sex feel better. Also for husbands, I have a free course and I teach some ways that you can make sex feel better for her so that you know, you're showing up in the bedroom doing things that she's actually interested in doing. Um, something that women can be aware of is, you know, your whole body is aroused when you're really aroused. So paying attention to every part of your body kind of coming alive and doing things that may not actually be sexual in nature, but actually make your body feel alive. This is the arousal you're going to want to be looking for. Because sometimes, and for most women all the time, but especially when she's in perimenopause and menopause, the last part of her to come to the party is going to be like that physical sexual arousal, like the actual body parts of her sexual organs being aroused and ready for sex. Sometimes that's the last thing that that decides to show up. And so thinking about arousing every part of your body, whether it be like the kind of music you're listening to, the things you're tasting, like really coming to alive in your life, experiencing, you know, experiences that make you feel happier and more joyful and more playful This is going to start arousing every part of your body and then that's when the sexual desire starts to come along and you can feel that happening in your body. So pay attention to arousing your whole body, not just trying to put all the pressure on those sexual body parts being aroused and, and, you know, you feeling horny, but like think about feeling really alive, happy, joyful, playful. What makes you feel aroused and turned on to life? and your body, every part of you. Put the focus on that. This is a beautiful time in your life to start doing that. And I suggest this for every woman, no matter what stage of life she's in, that this is the time of your life where this needs to be actually really important. Another reason for this is your progesterone is dropping. Progesterone is the hormone that was actually calming you making you feel um, at peace in your life. 
And which is so much easier to experience joy, you know, when we're feeling calm and we have peace. It's so much easier to enjoy things in our life when we're experiencing this kind of peace. But when the progesterone is dropping, it's harder to feel this peace. And so you do need things on the outside of you to create the release of hormones like oxytocin. This is like a pleasure hormone. We, we have to seek after these experiences that will actually calm down our nervous, nervous system so that our sexual desire can turn on. And so you might notice like, I need to be out in nature more often, or I need, you know, family around me more often, or there's just going to be things that you know actually give you a lot of peace and kind of calm down your nervous system. And those are the things you want to search after. And a lot of times for husbands, they'll be confused because they might say to their wives, like, you know, what sorts of things turn you on? And she might say, you know, um, listening to this kind of music, going to a movie, going on a walk in nature. And he's thinking, this is not (laughs) what I meant. But what she's trying to get at is I need to calm my nervous system. I need more peace and joy and happiness in my life. And when I have those things, I can start paying attention to like the erotic energy. And that's when I'm more easily turned on sexually. And so just, you know, don't shut down your partners when you ask them what turns you on and they start talking about things that aren't really sexual in nature. Like she might be like, oh, I have a fantasy of you making me breakfast in bed. And you're like, that's not really sexual. And she might be like, oh yeah, it is. (laughs) It turns sexual for me because when she knows how to cultivate erotic feelings and, you know, though, and she's able to describe her fantasies, then things that are going to make her happy and feel good and things she's looking forward to in her life. And her husband kind of receives that message and says, okay, you know, let's do more of that. She's just going to feel way more turned on to sexual things from there. So, this is going to require the woman to get clear on her on her all her expectations, non-sexual and sexual expectations, which means she's going to have to think about things more. I have a in and this might be good. This is good for women too. You can go to the Sexual Success for Husbands free online course I have and there's like some sexual expectation questions that are in there. So you can ask each other these questions so you can get more clear on what our expectations are. And then share them with each other. This is an important time to slow down in our sex lives to take intercourse off the table and do sexual acts in small doses. So be willing to take many breaks. You might start having sex and maybe she even allows some intercourse, but then maybe she's like, oh, I need to take a break. This isn't feeling as good as I want it to. And the husband's going to have to be okay with this, like taking breaks it doesn't mean anything personal. This is just the stage of life she's in. And, you know, sex doesn't have to be one encounter, but open up to the idea of sex being several small encounters that happen over the course of a few days or weeks. Okay. So remember, like maybe not everybody will finish. Maybe not everybody will have an orgasm, but we're going to keep just like building and building and letting all these little small doses of sex add up. And the more the husband can send the message to the wife and be okay not finishing, the better it's going to be. 
And so you're going to be playing around in this place where like desire is really growing between the two of you and sex is just going to be, it's going to be different, but it's fun. It's really fun. So be willing to like sit in the bath with each other and maybe like kind of touch each other's genitals and, and maybe her breasts and then take a break and you do something else. And then maybe you meet in bed and you can kiss and you can make out and maybe you start rubbing your bodies on each other and feeling each other and he's got a heart on and that's okay and and she feels it and then maybe she needs to take a break and that's okay and then you go to sleep and then the next morning maybe you finish, right? So just be willing to let intercourse be off the table and expand your definition of what sex is and then do sexual acts in small doses so that you're connecting in small ways, but there's no pressure for to go all the way every single time. And, you know, women really like evidence that her husband doesn't have to orgasm every single time. And this is going to take work on his part to build up his stamina. And maybe every now and then he's going to have to relieve himself, right? Um, but that's okay. She doesn't have to know about it. And she doesn't have to, you know, there's nothing wrong here. It's just building up the ability to have small sexual acts in small doses and letting, you know, your, your definition of sex really evolve. In this next segment, segment five, I wanted to normalize the idea of seeking professional guidance, such as a therapist or a sex coach or therapist. We all need a place where we can go and discuss all the goings on in our lives, and this can't be done in our marriage or our friendships. We need a person outside of these relationships with whom we can navigate everything without needing to censor ourselves or worry about protecting people's feelings. We need this for our own mental and emotional health and the health of our relationships. So seek someone out with whom you can feel safe exploring your own individual sexuality with. And I'm not saying this in any inappropriate ways. (laughs) I'm saying like, as a woman, you are going to have thoughts, you're going to have feelings, you're going to have ideas around sexuality that you may, you're going to want to navigate with someone before you bring that to your spouse, right? Because when we're just talking to our spouse, sometimes we're coming to them with what we're feeling in the moment. And, and, and then we're also trying to protect their feelings. And so it's really hard for us to be honest and truthful and intimate with someone when this is all going on. But if you have a place where you can say your thoughts out loud, navigate them with someone who is professional and understands, you know, sexuality and and communication and intimacy and all this stuff, then you can make sense of yourself so much better. And then you come to your spouse with what's actually going on. Less feelings are hurt you know, and you understand yourself better. And so you're able to explain yourself to your spouse better. So we need, we need the space to be able to do this, not just in our sex lives, but in every part of our lives that at some point we're going to have to, to have some kind of professional guidance, you know, that helps us. Um, if you're a husband, you know, get a therapist or someone with whom you can talk about your dreams and your feelings and your concerns and your thoughts with. And, and learn how to change your behaviors so that you can make this part of your life the best part of your life. Because, you know, sometimes by the time we're in our 
gosh, 40s and 50s, we have some bad habits in our relationships that are just there because we've never really addressed them. And it's just the way it's been, right? And in order to get something different in our sex lives, we have to change our behaviors in and out of the bedroom. And so it is helpful to find someone who can give you this guidance. And so you can start changing some of your behaviors. And like I said, my free sexual success course for husbands is a good place to seek some guidance um, for yourself in that area. But it is you know, it is really, really beneficial to have a third party of some kind who you can just be honest with and who can point out to you ways in which you can make your dreams a reality. I have my own private coaching program for women and an online program for women as well. So if you're feeling drawn to either of, either of these being the place you would like to seek guidance and help, then send me an email at coachingwithjamie at gmail.com and you can be added to the program waitlist. And if you're interested, we can set up a free consultation to see if private coaching would be a good fit for you. I work with women who want this, their sex lives to be improved but aren't needing their husband to do anything, you know, or to change in any way to make their sex lives better. They're just really wanting a better sex life for themselves And that's where we do a lot of work. And my private program is a year-long investment of time. So we really take you through the very beginning and then um, of learning how to want better sex for yourself. And then all the way through a year, all the obstacles that come up in your life, you know, we're able to work through those, learning how to communicate, how to be more intimate with your husband, how to expect what is um, realistic, what to expect realistically from your spouse, and then how to communicate what you want from them and how to teach them and all the things. So that is a really good place if you feel like private coaching is something that you would like for yourself. It's a really, it's actually a really sacred container um, that I have created and I love to help other women. And then my program will be opening up next year. And so you can get on the wait list for that and be welcomed in. Um, There's about 50 women in there right now. And so it's really beautiful to, to meet with a group of women. We have two calls a week and we navigate things. I teach courses in there. There's a lot of curriculum in there. I teach live classes so you can come in and just kind of consume and, and take it in. And then you can also participate. Um, So yeah, those are containers I have. So I have the free sexual success course for husbands that I'm constantly going to be adding to and it's free. So you can do that for yourself. And then I have these containers for women where I have the private coaching in the program. That is a really beautiful sacred space to navigate your sexuality and all the things that have to do with our sexuality, our emotions and our physical health and the way we communicate and intimacy and how we're showing up in our lives and also in our relationships, you know, so much more than sex when in these containers, it's, it's about you. It's about who you are and how you're showing up and, and creating the most happiness you can for yourself. We are nearing the end of this episode. And so I wanted to summarize some key takeaways from this episode that are some closing thoughts to remember. 
As a woman, your body is a changing landscape. Your relationship with yourself and your spouse is shifting. This doesn't have to be a terrible time in your life. It can be different and it can be a better time than you've yet experienced. Learning to be open and intimate with yourself and your partner for both of you will help you rediscover sexual passion in your relationship. Redefining what sex is, the way you've been doing it up until now, may have worked for you, but now it isn't anymore, and you may need to redefine things. You may need to stop putting so much pressure on intercourse or penetration. You may need to re- like rediscover your own body and what brings you pleasure, and that's a beautiful thing to do. This is a time to learn how to be intimate, like really honest, right? And then how to create erotica in your life, to really cultivate sexual feelings, to understand how those are created. First with you being at peace and kind of knowing, like taking care of your body and then being at peace with who you are and then adding in some erotic out things that can make you feel more turned on and aroused. This is a time to deal with your physical health because it really will come to deal with you if you don't. So learn to be a turned on to life woman who is really freaking happy. Change the things and relationships in your life that are not making you feel at peace and happiness in your life. This is a gateway to better sex. It's completely good and normal to seek out professional guidance for your own well-being and the well-being of your relationship. I can I encourage each of you to continue exploring and nurturing the sexual connection you have and understanding you have with yourself and also your spouse. And in the details of this podcast episode, I will put some links to some resources that can help you and support you during this time of your life. I want to thank each of you for tuning in today. I invite you to leave a review if you've gotten anything from this podcast that has helped you. This could, it actually connects me to you and it also helps other people be able to find the podcast so they can get the help that they want. And if you found anything helpful from this episode, then I have a couple episodes that I suggest you go listen to. Check out episode 41 called Sex is a Form of Play and episode 32, The Steps to Your Happily Ever After. Thank you for listening.